You're listening to the Wanderlust Swingers Podcast with Aussie hosts Kate and Daryl. If you're curious about exploring your sexuality or the swinging, hot wifing and non-monogamous lifestyle, you've definitely come to the right podcast. Or maybe you just love travel adventures. Either way, we share our personal, sometimes juicy, sexy stories as well as swingers club and event reviews, interviews with other sassy people and of course our global swinging adventures. We try to bring you a look into the diverse lifestyle that the swinging and non-monogamous community has. We hope you enjoy. Now Let's get into the episode. Hey guys and welcome back to episode 158. Today's episode is all about Hedonism Swingers Resort in Jamaica. We went there for seven days and we're going to do a full review of the facilities, the rooms and everything else. We put a message out on Twitter to ask if you prefer to mix it in with our journey and everyone said no, two separate episodes. So here we are, Daryl, cultural tidbit. I got one for Jamaica. Okay. Yeah. Are you ready? I'm excited. Okay. It is illegal to be homosexual in Jamaica. Whilst you can be sent to prison, there are many articles that suggest that this is rarely enforced. And since 2019, local activists have been trying to push back against the law to no avail. So it's actually still illegal to be to be homosexual in, in Jamaica. Um, hope they never go to Hedo. Yeah. So it is. there's still a lot of stigma. When I was reading about this, there's obviously the law and yes, you can be sent to, to prison, but there is a lot of stigma in the local communities I found out as well, where, you know, su- suggesting that you're bisexual or gay is still something that is a big no-no. Apparently there's a lot of violence, I guess, that comes from that, which is upsetting, but hey, these local activists, they're trying to do their best. So hopefully, hopefully they get somewhere with that. But that is the Jamaica cultural tidbit. Well, that's a bit of a downer. It is a bit of a downer, but hey, you know, people are trying to do stuff about it. So that's a good thing, right? So we went to Jamaica for seven nights. I've been wanting to visit hedonism basically since 2016, since we started this journey, right? Mm, I wouldn't say it was that early, but yeah, it was pretty early on. Pretty early on. I guess when you're in Australia and you hear about all these like resorts around the world, you want to experience them and you have not, because we don't have those in Australia, right? So we went there with a group of friends, basically with the intention to just hang out with a small group of friends, experience this and have a good time. I feel the need to put a disclaimer at the front of this podcast, and let me explain why. I want to be very clear about the intentions of this episode. It's to provide an honest and transparent review of our time at Hedonism and to clear up any uneducated assumptions. Nobody sponsored this event, travel, or visit to Hedonism. We paid for it ourselves. The only people who sponsored this trip were the delightful folks at our credit card company. Fair? Yeah. (laughs) Which we definitely overspent. But hey, moving on. Where is hedonism in Jamaica? So the accessibility of it, it's in the grill. It's about an hour to an hour and a half transit from the Montego Bay Airport. Or 15 minutes. Or 15 minutes. Daryl, do you want to explain how we got there in 15 minutes versus the one to one and a half hours? Yeah, we took a plane. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, that's the explanation done. Highly recommend it. Yeah. it was. Look, it's, it's not a cheap addition to your holiday. It's $370 one way and it's a little charter plane. So it does add $370 to your trip, but it gets you from Montego Bay to Negril and basically right across the road from the resort in 15 minutes. And it, it was nice. Like I felt like it was a nice start to our holiday, like after the travel in, having that view from above. Yeah, absolutely. Quite a few people said to me, well, but you get to see some of Jamaica if you come up by bus. I feel like you probably should just leave the resort and go and see Jamaica mm. if you want to. Like, it's uh, the the flight is really nice way to do it. 
I don't know what the other way is like because we haven't done it. Yeah. So we flew back as well. Yeah, we weren't actually intending to fly on the charter plane, but then in the end we decided to and then after the week there we were like, fuck it, let's do it on the way back too. Hence why the credit card company sponsored this trip. Thanks, guys. So talking about cost, people want to know about the cost of these kinds of resorts. So we paid $3,206, that's six is very important, for the seven nights that we were there. So that's about $458 per night USD for the, I guess, the all-inclusive experience, right? So I don't know why a lot of these places tend to, cruises do this too, they always put the price per person, which is interesting to me because... Even if you go as a single, you have to pay the full price. So you're always paying double it. So I don't know why people do the per person amount. It is 458 US dollars is what we paid for our entry-level room. Do you, How do you feel about the, the cost overall? I mean, it's an all-inclusive place. So it's kind of what you expect, right? Yeah. It's, not, it's certainly not cheap by mm-hmm. comparison to any, any of the decent hotels we've stayed at. But you don't go to Hedo or Desire or Carp to, to hang out in your hotel room. Yeah. It's it's there to you're there to meet the people. So realistically, you're paying for the time that you get to spend with people. So you know, no cooking, no no cleaning, no having to wait on drinks. It's just you you're yeah. there to catch up with individuals. So the way I normally try to think about it is that if you're paying normally like two to two hundred fifty dollars a night for your average hotel, and then you're doing breakfast, lunch, and dinner on site, for example, and let's call that twenty to thirty dollars each, and then you're having some drinks, like it adds up. So you can understand where the price comes from and looking at other all-inclusive resorts in some of these areas, you know, not being a lifestyle resort, it's about the same price. So you really, whilst it is, you know, it can be a really stretched budget for, for most of us, it certainly isn't exorbitant in, in the way that, you know, they've taken a normal resort and then said, Hey, because it's a niche market, we're going to mark up. So it is reasonable for the area and the all-inclusiveness of it all. The, uh, the area, what do you mean by the area? So the other resorts in the area that are not oh, lifestyle okay. resorts are the same price. Actually, more expensive, but they were a bit fancier. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. When you're looking at that, they're not putting like a premium on the fact that it's a lifestyle resort. So they're not taking the price of the resort next door and then adding two hundred dollars a night because you get to be nude and stuff. Yeah. So that I think was reasonable. Yeah. Now the entrance and check in. So it was about sixty percent occupancy while we were there. Apparently, that's what we were told. We don't know that for sure, but that was what we were told at the front desk. Um, they were running at about sixty percent occupancy. When we got to the hotel or the resort, you obviously have to go up and check in. Do you want to run through kind of what that looked like for us? Yeah. So we were dropped off out the front. We put our bags to the side, which is, I suppose, pretty standard. We did a similar thing in desire as well where they kind of look after your bags until your room's ready so Mm. we we then basically wandered into the reception the reception sent us over to another desk yeah that's right yep that we um we were told yeah it's going to be a while before you get the chance to check in so i think it was we arrived at quite early yeah we arrived at like nine or ten a.m maybe nine yeah something like that yeah so from from there they they said look it's not gonna it's gonna be at least midday before your room's available um, it turned out it, it was a little later than that. I think it was about 1 p.m. that we ended up being able to grab it or move into our room. But prior to that, I mean, breakfast was – so people were just kind of starting – it was 9 because people were just starting to wander in for breakfast. Mm, and, yeah. and we sort of sat down, had some breakfast and, and just waited for waited for the room. And, and a whole heap of people wandered in to say, like, people that we, we were there to catch up with. Uh, some arrived 
shortly after. Some were already on site, so we managed to have keep ourselves entertained, I suppose. Yeah, that's not uncommon. If you get there really early in the morning, it's not uncommon that your room's not going to be ready, especially if they're running at high occupancy, you know, they just got to flip the room. So one of the things, just a tidbit here, if you're coming in late the night before, maybe don't check into the hotel because you've got to pay that nightly rate. Just check into a cheap airport hotel and then go there first thing in the morning. Your room's not going to be ready, but at least you can have the facilities. The other thing is if you're flying in on the first flight of the day from anywhere in the US, then then don't bother getting the the pass, whatever it's called, the – Bay Bayou Pass, what Mo Bay, Mo Bay Pass. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't bother. Yeah, it's, I was going to mention that. Yeah, do it any other time of the day. Yeah, from what I understand. But if you're on the first plane, don't bother. Yeah. You're going to be one of the fifty people in the airport. Yeah, that's true. So we were told coming in on a Saturday is a nightmare. Definitely get Club Mo Bay. Now Club Mo Bay is where basically it's a VIP service. So you get off the flight and they greet you in the terminal. They walk you to immigration. They walk you to get your bags. They walk you through customs and it's like a VIP, kind of like a fast pass at a theme park, right? We paid the money for that because everyone said to us, Saturday, nightmare. It's going to be two hours at the airport that you're going to have to wait. Definitely get Club Mobile. We paid for it. There was nobody there except our plane and maybe there was like 40, 50 people on our plane. So we got the first flight out of JFK into Montego Bay and there was bloody no one. So actually I would recommend, although it's a shit day because you've got to get up super early to get to the airport, I would recommend it. None of that fucking around at the airport. <laughs> Daryl's out. I wouldn't recommend it at all. One thing I did feel with the check-in process was that they didn't really give us a lot of information about the resort. So they did ask us, hey, is this your first time here? And uh, they didn't ask first time to any resort. They just said first time here. And we said yes. And the guy was like, cool. And then that was it. You know, what I would have liked is some kind of like, hey, here's a map. The tour leaves at 10 o'clock or whatever it is. You know, you can go here. Breakfast is on right now. Feel free to go here. Do this. The pool bar opens at X time. There was there was none of that kind of orientation. You were just kind of left to your own devices, which was for us, even though we have been to many different places, I was a bit like, oh, shit, what do we do? Where do we go? You know, we're just going to wander around kind of thing. And We were still checked in. I mean, they gave us our wristbands and stuff. We just yeah. didn't get any insight as to where everything was and what was happening at the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Or a map. Or a map. That would have been great, but aside. The room. So we always stay in the entry-level room. We stayed this time, though, in a Garden View nude room. So it's still entry-level, but it's on the nude side. It's very entry level. We didn't get a fucking towel or an umbrella. <laughs> There's a joke about the whole towel umbrella thing. We'll tell that in the next episode when we talk about our, our funny experiences there. But it was a big room though. The size of the room I thought was a good size room in comparison to what we've seen at... Standard size hotel room. You know, you've got a few feet on either side of the bed and then a bathroom in the sort of built into the back. Any any of the double places, double double bed places that we stay in generally around that size. I like the fact that you had storage as well. So I liked being able to put your shit away. That was good. We were in H block, which apparently was a good place to be because it's not too far from the nude pool. Nothing's too far from the nude pool, just FYI. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the worst case walk is a, it's like 150 metres or yards for those of you out there who can't convert. Yeah, it's it's not a – I mean, it's not a long stretch to get anywhere from anywhere on the resort. It's a big resort, but there's not – but it's not huge amounts of walking. Yeah, on that fact too, and we'll talk about this in the lessons learned area at the, at the end of this podcast, but when you are heading to these places, you hear a lot of just information, you hear a lot of misconceptions, you hear about all this stuff, and, you know, you start to get this picture in your head of what this place is going to look like, and one of the things that – you know, we've been told over the years and certainly even by people that go there is like, oh, you have to stay on the nude side because then you don't you don't want to walk all the way 
from the nude pool all the way at the end of the night from the nude pool down to your room. Like what a nightmare. And in my head I was like, fuck, man, i got to pack like a packed lunch to get from one side to the other. And it's not that far at all. Like it's no. a couple of minutes at best. Yeah, I mean it's at worst a four-minute walk from one end of the resort to the other. Yeah, so not it's, it's not a big. It's not a big uh, – not a big stretch. No. So the room, pretty basic room, as you would expect. Storage space, I loved it. They had a fridge in there. They had, you know, the the red light in the bathroom, signature Hedo light, I'm told. Everybody gets that photo, which I did as well, <laughs> in front of the door. People complained about the whole toilet door, bathroom, using the toilet facilities when, you're friend, when your partner's in the bed. People complained about that, like just the lack of privacy, I guess, because it's not a fully closed door. It kind of slides. Well, it's just a sliding glass door, so there's no there's no insulation. Like, yeah, if you're taking a shit, then somebody's going to hear you. Yeah. <laughs> did that bo- does that bother you? Like, did that bother you? No. When you're in the when you're in the bathroom, you do whatever the fuck you want. I mean, that's that's the place that you can get away with being stinky, shitty, smelly, and all the other things. Yeah, I a few people mentioned it to me, and I was like, oh, freshen up. So. <laughs> Maybe I'm not the right person to be asking. Yeah, it didn't bother me. It bothered some people. If you look on the forum, some people were like, bring an extra sheet to like hang over the door and stuff. I don't, that did not bother me. I thought that the the facilities were perfectly adequate and fine for an entry level room. Like I had no problems. Yeah, I mean, it was a, like I say, for me, it was very standard, standard hotel room. I mean, I, I don't mean, that's not a negative nor a positive. It's just hotel rooms are hotel rooms. I've been in many of them and they all feel very similar. And this one felt very similar. I mean, it's a little more sexy, certainly with the red light and you forgot the mirror above the bed. Oh yeah, the mirror above the bed, yep. Which we never used. Yeah, we did. Oh, we didn't take a photo, do you mean? No, we never used the mirror. I was watching you give me a yoni massage. Okay. Well, you used the mirror. (laughs) So the, uh, yeah, so there's a mirror above the bed, which is I mean, it's a it's an interesting take. It's not it's not. It depends on who you are, whether you're into that sort of thing or not, I suppose. But it's not something that I'm terribly excited by. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there was there's that. Uh, the red light makes it a little more sexy. That's about it, really. I mean, otherwise the rooms are fairly normally furnished. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not a. It's not like there's dildos on walls and yeah, you know, anything like that. There's no single man, you know, glory holes. That's right. There's no like, the rooms. there's no like lube dispenser no. on the outside of the bathroom area no. with like a condom dispenser. There's none of that kind of stuff happening. <laughs> so it's just, I mean, to me, it's a very regular entry level hotel room, double yeah. double hotel room. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is again not a bad thing. It's it's actually quite it's quite nice in terms of the way it's furnished and everything. It's just a standard sort of hotel room. Yeah, I'd agree. Let's talk about the the pool, the facilities, the beach, the grounds. Like, let's talk about all of those things. Here's something I really loved. The water dispensers everywhere. So when you actually arrive, well, we didn't get ours for hours because we saw somebody else with these, like, little water bottles with their names on it. We're like, fucking, we didn't get those. And then later we, we, got we managed to get them. Yeah. But the reason they give you those is because there's all these water dispensers all throughout the property and in each of the little um, clumps of accommodation – they have these water dispensers, which is absolutely fantastic. And here is a, an, a gold tidbit for you. Take your water bottle up, get them to put ice in it, get ice water, and then take it back to your room, put it in the fridge. And then later, when you come back at whatever time you're coming back, you've got awesome chilled Why the fuck wouldn't you just take the bottle with you everywhere and refill water. it every five minutes? So amazing. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, just 
Just take it with you and then refill it at the bar before you come back to the yeah. room with nicely chilled fresh water. Well, if you're dancing and stuff, you might leave it somewhere. But I, I did carry mine around every day, all day. Yeah, the amount of fucking booze you drink, you really should be carrying around. Here's my tidbit. Take the fucking water with you because if you don't, it's likely you're going to get some form of kidney failure from the lack <laughs> of fucking – from dehydration from the amount of booze you're going to drink. Yeah, I did like that. I liked the fact that they had that – Water dispenser available. That was really, really cool. Dispensers. Dispensers everywhere. Multiples of them. The, mm-hmm. Now the beach was undergoing some renovations. So there was this bobcat going up and down the beach the entire time we were there and piles of sand and everything else. They were also renovating some of the rooms. Now some people might be turned off by that because, you know, you've gone on holidays and the next thing you know there, there's a bobcat and you can't really walk up and down the beach. But they have to renovate at some point in time. So it didn't bother me at all. Like they were renovating buildings. They had the Bobcat up into the beach. And I was like, okay, well, when are they going to do this? Like unless they shut the resort down, it's also in a very wet seasonal climate. So also for those of you who don't know, a Bobcat is a mini loader. Oh shit. Is that not a a global term? No, that's an Australian term. Oh my God. It's a brand. Yeah, but. Bobcat is a brand. Oh my God. Okay. Mini, is that what they call them elsewhere? Mini loader? Mini loaders. With the little tray at the front. Tray. And the big wheels. The loading area <laughs> right the front. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, it's a mini loader. Okay. And why do they make that noise? <laughs> that's, what, that's the noise. Fucking hell. Look, yeah, so they were doing some renovations there. That mini loader's broken. I mean, it's you, you can't get around it. Like, they've got to do it at some point in time. So I didn't really give a shit. I heard some people complaining about it, but that's just kind of the you got to roll the dice, man. Yeah, but it's only – I mean, they only ran it during the day and it was really quite discreet hours as well. Like, I think it was from 10 and, or 9 a.m. through to – 4 p.m. or yeah. 3 p.m. It wasn't, it certainly wasn't, you know, 6 a.m. You hear a jackhammer fire up. <laughs> no. Because <laughs> that shit would have gotten some, a lot more notes yeah. from me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we went, we went in the rooms next door. We were quite a while away, but uh, I can imagine the people next door, yeah, a 6 a.m. jackhammer, they'd be like, uh, maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. I mean, look, I can understand if you're next door, that'd be a little upsetting even at fucking 9 a.m. Yeah. Hey, it has to happen at some point. Exactly. You can always ask for a room shift if if they've got one available. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what else I liked? I liked the fact that none of the chairs around the property, whether it was by the pool, by the new pool, by the prude pool, whether it was at the beach, none of the chairs were reserved and they didn't have this like hierarchy of people at the resort. I really, really appreciated that. I mean hierarchy of people. So at some of the places we've been to, you have to get to the pool at 6 a.m. to reserve your chair and even then – if you have bought into the membership of that particular property, the first round of chairs around the pool are all reserved for those people that spend the twenty, thirty thousand dollars on that membership. And then the people that don't spend that money struggle to get a chair. So I think that I liked that fact. The fact that it wasn't there wasn't these reserved chairs, there wasn't really this hierarchy within the within the resort. I don't remember that at all. Don't you? No. Man. I just sit on cunts' chairs. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. If they want, if if I'm on their chair, they'll just come over and say, "Get off my fucking chair!" I yeah. get up and leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, let me get, let me get you a fresh towel, sir. I, I mean, yeah. So fuck. let me get this straight. Somebody spent the twenty, thirty thousand dollars to buy into the membership, and you're just gonna like roll up and sit on their fucking chair without a care in the world. I mean, should I not? <laughs> I mean, if some fucker lets me through business, the business class line at the airport, I'm not going to say no. Yeah, true, true. I mean, I liked it. You obviously don't. You, you I didn't couldn't give a fuck. You don't care because you didn't even notice yeah. it. But um, for me, that was like, oh, cool. I really I like just this. Sit on the end of. If somebody's laying down, I know. I just sit on the end of their fucking chair. Well, I think it's different if they know the person. Yeah, I this also is not- don't lay down like you. I'm not sitting laying laying beside the pool or laying beside the beach. You know, just. 
I don't know, reading, watching the stars go by, whatever. Okay. That's not my jam. Let's talk about the beach. So another thing that I liked was that the beach was actually more secure. So there are a few vendors. I just want to help you say there's a few vendors that walk up and down the beach. I don't know. I think these guys are HEDO approved because otherwise there there would be shitloads more. I don't remember any vendors at the other at the, at Desire. Are there vendors at Desire? No, but there's So there's nobody on the beach. Okay, so at Hedonism it's a private beach, so you actually can't enter the facilities unless you are a guest at Hedonism. There's a security guard at the end of each side of the beach that could be accessed by them. In Mexico, you the beach is not private, so people from next-door resorts, children, etc., etc., walk all on the beach at both of the other resorts in Mexico. This one has a private beach, so that's what I mean by the fact that it was more secure and I liked it. Okay. Yeah. I didn't even notice. Yeah, because you didn't see any children and families and stuff. Yeah, but I didn't see any children or families at the other place either. Your memory is completely gone because like 10 years ago we went there jesus i mean i'm pretty (laughs) sure the place has probably got new roofs by now well we were last there four years ago sorry four years ago halfway to 10 years almost if you round up like you do with our marriage yeah but the difference there is that you will see people coming and kind of gawking and walking up and down the beach really you don't see that at this resort so i liked that they're checking out my old saggy man balls and checking them out fucking good luck to you (laughs) enjoy I liked that. Something that I was a little bit shocked about, I have to say, but this is really neither here nor there, was that the grounds weren't as manicured as I was expecting them to be. I guess coming from resorts in Asia where, like, again, it's like that tropical climate and you've got all these beautiful flowers and hedges and really manicured places, I guess because the beach is so goddamn big, you know, in terms of all the sand everywhere, that they just they can't do that. So I was expecting, I guess, that. You didn't remember walking through the huge forest to get to the fucking nude pool every day? Yeah, like the little tree huge- area. It's a forest. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you don't get much more tree than a forest. You know what I'm talking about, though, with like the beautiful little manicured hedges, like what you see in like Thailand and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, when you're comparing it to a five-star Thai resort, it's, yes, it's got less manicured fucking gardens. Again, it's neither here nor there. Is it something that I, <laughs> it's I know? It's a weird fucking comment. People are going to be like, ooh. ooh. <laughs> Man, it was terrible that, you know, there wasn't enough fucking hedging. Yeah. It wasn't enough hedgerows. Oh, man, I could smash a hedgerow right now. Here's another thing that I really liked as well. I feel sexier with hedgerows around. I do. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, it makes me like... Sexier. It makes me get wet. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because I'm like all these tropical flowers. Yeah, between the hedgerows and the... Look at the dew on that. And the fucking lockers. Look at the dew on that flower over there. Were there any lockers? Imagine a hedgerow beside a locker. (laughs) You'd be like fucking sliding around like a snail. I liked the fact that there were multiple pools and multiple areas as well. So there was, whilst there was like the one pool where everybody kind of congregates around, there are little pools everywhere all over the property as well. And I liked that because I think it's a good opportunity to flirt. If you want to grab somebody and go and flirt with them in a quiet environment, you can do that away from like the craziness of the pool. Flirt with them in a quiet environment. Yeah. Okay. So you grab somebody from the nude pool to yep. take them away to flirt with them. Pretty sure you've already organised a bit of flirting before you leave the nude pool. You know what I mean, though? Like having that connection, if you want to kind of get away from everything and connect a little bit more. No cunt's doing that. (laughs) Why are you shitting all over my shit? Because no cunt's doing that. (laughs) How many people did you take away from the main pool? Five. Uh, Five other people. Six including you. No, we did. lying. Wednesday. We went and hung out on the gazebo. Don't even. Hang out in the little pool. Don't even. That's horseshit and you know it. Horseshit that we did that because we definitely did it. I have witnesses. I have stories. Yeah, you got nothing. Yeah, and how was that flirting session? It was great. Yeah, really? Yeah. Okay. You flirted a lot, did you? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> we yeah. hung out. It was great. 
I think it's a really good opportunity for you to do that. So if you are interested, you can go and do that. You can go and hang out in the smaller <laughs> pools and everything. Of course, um, yeah, by yourself. <laughs> I can enjoy it. <laughs> you and zero of your friends. Yeah, the daytime pool things, uh, the activities and the host there wasn't for me. I understand this changes week to week, like depending on who's hosting, what groups are there. But the daytime pool activities with the pegging, like poolside pegging and stuff just wasn't my jam. Pegging? Oh, sorry. Pegging and strap-on activities weren't really my jam. But anyway, so the activities- Not my jam either. Yeah, the poolside things like that sort of um, show, I guess, is not really my jam. Uh, A lot of people really loved it though. So, you know, I think I'm in the minority there with my hedges remark. But again, I think it's super dependent on who is uh, hosting because the pool parties are hosted by the groups that are there, not by hedonism. So food and drinks. I mean, you're at an all-inclusive. It's never going to be like Superboy fantastic. We missed out on doing the hibachi and I understand the hibachi was absolutely tasty and fun because Honey Spoons did the hibachi and it was kind of laced in with like sexual innuendos when the chef was making it all. And it was really, they said it was really, really tasty. We tried to go there two times. We missed out, damn it, um, which was a bit of a shame. I liked the Italian restaurant. It was probably my favorite on site because it was actually kind of indoors in a restaurant in air conditioning and, and felt more restauranty as opposed to kind of like a buffet or whatever. There's another restaurant which is called Flame. It was closed when we were there but we did kind of have the same kind of menu and food up at the top pool. I understand that restaurant's actually open now, so we missed it by like two weeks or something like that. I do wish I knew about the beachside grilling before I figured that out later in the week. It wasn't until like two days before we were leaving when I realized there was this whole grill set up on the beach, which was a bit of a shame. And uh, for me, the only other thing I'd say is that a cocktail menu would be fabulous or like a cocktail of the day because I completely lack in decision-making skills, particularly after seven days of drinking. And there was one point there where I went up to the bar and the guy's like, what do you want? And I said, what do you make the last person? Because I'll have that. And if you don't know cocktail names, I suppose you would be shit out of luck because there's no menu. Yeah. I mean, the the drinks are... As okay, so I'm I'm a big fan of drinks that are poured, not free poured. They're actually shot poured, right? The reason behind that is because you get the same drink each time. Mm, you yeah, get true. so the the issue with the with the free pouring is at a place like this where it's free. You know, if you're out paying for it, you don't mind a free pour because you may end up with more than yeah. than what you're paying. You feel for. like you're getting more bang for your buck. Exactly, but when it's a place like this, you you actually want to have something that you can rely on throughout the day because you're drinking from fucking 10 a.m. through to 4 a.m. Yeah. Generally, right? So for me, a shot poured or a measured poured drink would be a real – would would have been really nice because you could never tell whether you were going to get something that would set your hair on fire or something that was okay to drink. The reason I say this is many times, and I know other people – there were other people doing this as well – you'd you'd take a sip, you put the drink down and then you kind of forget about it because it wasn't something you wanted to drink right. because it was too hot, right? So that that was certainly something that I think would would be better if it was shot poured. Also, they'd save them a fuckload of money, just yeah, quietly, they would save which some is money. the other thing. Yeah. Yeah, so just some pouring caps for the for the bottles would be great. Not a real big problem, honestly. Yeah. You know, we're, we're kind of looking for good and bad at, Absolutely. The, at the small part here so that we can help people understand. 
what to expect. I will say that you didn't really have to wait. I didn't I never wait. waited for a drink. I, I wait a couple of minutes. Not even. I mean, yeah, the drinks are the, – the guys behind the bars, very, very fast. Yeah, at all bars. So what I'm saying yeah. by that, there are multiple bars around the property that you can drink from and there's the, the main nude pool bar and then you've got one kind of up, up at nighttime near the buffet and near the entertainment area. Uh, the actually, you know, the only place I did try to wait for a drink was in the piano bar one night, but that place was Chockers, and it had one person working there because I. And then they had to bring more staff in. I don't think they realised how many people were going to be interested in the piano bar that night. That place was full, just to convert from Australian again. What did I say? Chockers. Chockers. Oh shit! I didn't realise. Yeah, it was. Which is shortening for chock full. <laughs> it was Chockers. Chock a block. Chock a block. Chock a block. Chock a block. Yeah. You know. But yeah, I mean, really couldn't couldn't fault the bartenders. Like they they were pretty well on it the entire time. And even actually at the breakfast buffet, if you ordered a, you can order a coffee or a juice from the staff that come around. And again, they'd go off, get it, bring it back. Like I, you can't. I don't think I could fault the actual service in that regard. At I couldn't all. fault the service at all. In fact, I think it's probably the best service we've had at a, any location for quite some time. Mm. The service was spectacular. The people were lovely. From start to finish, they even our cleaner, even she, you know, when we were talking, I was asking her, like, where's some local food and what's the places you go to? And so she gave me some advice as well. They were really lovely. Everyone was lovely, honestly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You can, t- you can tell that they're paid very – I would feel that they're paid quite well by comparison to the, the people around the island and they're also – paid well enough that the tipping thing goes away. I mean, you're not allowed to tip on site anyway. You're not supposed to. Mm-hmm. But because of that... Everybody gets the same level of customer service. Yeah, and it's really it's really high. It's a high level of customer service. Yeah, I and I will say that a lot of the staff there too, you know, they're not just, oh, we've, we've all been here for a year. A lot of the staff have been... been there years. Years and years and years. Yeah. So, you know, some of them we met have been there for seven years. I think there was one of the bar staff was like 20 years or something crazy, yep. like a really long time. So, yeah, I'd agree with that. Let's talk about the people. Who attends? What's the average age? What are your thoughts on those things? What okay. did you I see mean, there? I mean, I didn't get the food yet. Oh, okay. Sorry. What do you think about the food? <laughs> <laughs> the food for me, the, the buffet is broad, but I, I found it kind of boring. The reason I say that is it was the same thing every day, realistically, for the buffet, with the exception of I know they do like the Jap- the sorry, the Asian day and the this day and the that day. But the food that is at the buffet for those days is typically quite quite beside the normal. So there's just like a standard area that has the same thing every day. Yeah, it's like a, then, they've always got like a salad yeah, bar. They yeah, always have standard, like a carvery yeah, station. Yeah. yeah, but there's, um, but the thing I found the things that were done specialties on the days. A lot of them were quite heavy in terms that they were generally quite deep fried or generally heavy food in you know in total. There wasn't a lot of um, range at the buffet if you didn't want. Steak and potatoes. I mean, um, you can't get steak and potatoes at the buffet, but <laughs> you know what I mean. It, it was it was very. It's a buffet. Yeah, it's a, it's a very much a buffet. What I will say though, I mean, even though you said yeah, you, I mean, it's not it's buffets aren't your jam anyway. No, not at all. But so yeah, again, what I will say is the though, the the food was turned and cooked and cleaned. Like I would say, oh yeah, and the, the food is the food is is perfectly adequate. Yeah. I'm just being a fucking snob because I like good food. I did also like the sushi. They had one of the one of the nights. They had like a little sushi area, and yeah. I was attacking the shit out of that. <laughs> so, yeah, that was good. Can we move on to the people? <laughs> yes. Okay. So, in terms of the people who attends average age, what are your thoughts? And then I'll I'll jump into what I saw. The average age is from th- from well, I mean, the age spectrum is from 30s through to 60s. You think 60 was the top? 
Okay. 60s. So that's all the way up to 69. So you think that guy in the loincloth that day? Uh, so I think you're – I mean, if you want to pick the exceptions, <laughs> yeah, there's one guy there that was 90 <laughs> and there's also there was also one guy there who was fucking – 25. 21. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, we can pick the exceptions, yeah, yeah, but if true. you want the guts the of curve. who's there, yep. that, that's okay. what I gave you. So I would say, first of all, uh, I want to say also this is super group dependent from our experience, which was, you know, seven days the only time I've been there. When we arrived, there was a group of about 150 people departing, and that particular group would have skewed the age to significantly older than the average, I think, because of that, the size of that group and the type of that group. So it's super group dependent. I would say, though, it's probably the most diverse location that we've been in, I think, in terms of the age, the size, and the cultural background of people. Do you – you're looking at me funny. Do you not agree with yeah, that? Have you forgotten France? <laughs> I mean, fuck. Quite literally for people from all over the world there. Yeah, true. Carb d'Arg is literally – a multicultural yeah. environment. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me let me backtrack then. Let me say it's the most diverse I've seen at a all inclusive all inclusive res- swingers, swingers resort. resort. So okay. So it's uh, either desire or hedo is your talk. What you're yeah, talking basically. about. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Well done. Okay. <laughs> cool. Cool. So uh, out of n equals two mm, it being yeah. your subset, yeah. this one was more broadly covered by individuals from different places and cultures and. Well, it's not just that. Also, physical physical shape too. You know, we saw everybody there from. I don't know what American sizes are. Uh, I'm going to call it a size six Australian. So that's uh, so you're looking for zero. Okay, that's a zero there. Through to like a size twenty-two to twenty-four in Australian. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what. Take six away from it. Okay, cool. So I think also it had the most diverse body shape and age and cultural background that we've seen. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to – I'm just going dis- to – nobody gives, gives a shit. I'm just going to disagree with you and say that, no, I don't agree, but that doesn't matter because okay. it, it, it really doesn't matter. It depends on the group you take with you mm, that's or the true. group that's there. Yep. F- what From what I learned from the very first day of getting there, from the, the group of 150 that left, if that group of 150 were still there when, when we were there, I probably would have been very uncomfortable. Yeah. So I think it's really important you understand when you're going to Hedo – who you're going with. Yep. Yep. Or who's there. Yeah, agree. Right? If you're going alone as a couple or even as a single, which you can, of course, then make sure you understand who's there. Because if the group of people who left, I, I was not interested in hanging out with. Well, they all looked really sourpuss in the face too, but I don't know, maybe that's because they're leaving from their holiday. I'm not too sure. but That wasn't the reason. Yeah. But there's, you know, I don't need to state the reasons, but I'm just saying the people that were there were the, day, the morning we arrived were not my cup of tea. Yeah. So I'm, I very much encourage you if you're going there to make sure you know who's going or pick a group who you know is a is same ilk as you. Yeah, in the similar vein to what you you enjoy. Yeah. That would be my advice because yeah, the the idea of going there and and stumbling into what we did on the very first day if that if that was 7 days of that we I wouldn't have stayed at the hotel for 7 days if yep. that was the case. Yeah. Let's burn through the parties. So the night parties, they give you the option to kind of stay up at the night party. The disco is sometimes open, so is the piano bar. There's really quite a few options if you want to go to different places around it. Um, for the glow night, they had a DJ that was outside. I enjoyed that aspect of it, being outside in the main area. So let's be clear, it was fucking hot the whole time it was, we were there. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was hot. Sweat your fucking balls off the whole time. Yeah, at one point I was wearing a see-through dress that is literally mesh and I was still sweating. Yeah, it's it's warm. So I liked the outside bit. I'm never a person that likes to the kind of the sit and watch the entertainment. And don't get me wrong, their entertainment 
was fantastic. You know, one night they had a singer, the other night they had BDSM performers. Like their the entertainment that they had was you couldn't fault it. It was absolutely fantastic. Every night, every single night, they had great entertainment. Yeah, one of the things, this is one of the the misnomers that, well, not misnomer, but one of the um, complaints that we hear from desirees, which is what I'm going to call, which is what I'm going to call people who are 100%, you know, desires the best in the world and there's nothing else worth going to. The misconception is there's no entertainment at Hedo, which is absolutely wrong. There's mm. entertainment every fucking night during the day as well, poolside. There's entertainment. The whole time we were there, we were not unentertained. Yeah. There was plenty going on and good entertainment as well, right? The biggest difference was most of the time the entertainment in Hedo is outdoors, which means you're you're in the heat, whereas in Desire it's indoors, which means you're in air conditioning, but it also means you're packed in, touching a yeah, whole heap of people. Exactly. Right. So th- there's ups and downs to both of this. One one of the misconceptions being no entertainment is an absolute untruth. There yeah. is plenty of entertainment. Yeah. 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 And good. Yes. Really good stuff. Yes, absolutely. I, uh, I'm very impressed. I mean, it's all generally Jam- young Jamaicans doing the entertainment. Mm-hmm. Gen- generally. Yep. They are exceptionally good at what they do. They really are. The yeah. bands are, the bands were good. The DJ if, was good. The DJ was good. If there was any singular complaint that I had, and this is going to sound fucking old, but, you know, I it am. It was loud. <laughs> in, in, for a couple of the nights, it was so loud in the area that, that I left with ringing ears. And I'm not being, I'm not exaggerating. We yeah. actually all as a group many times or at least a couple of times got up and left the enclosed, yeah. the sorry, the covered area because it was too loud for us to the point of pain. Yeah. So that would be the only that would be the only thing. And, and look, if you're if you're ten years older than me, you wouldn't fucking hear it anyway. And if you're ten years younger than me, you, you probably give didn't give a shit. So you know, it's just I'm in the sweet spot where I can still hear and it's fucking annoying. <laughs> Daytime activities they have free snorkeling, free scuba diving. What's those little boat things? The catamaran, the mini, miniature cats, mini cats, hobby cat, hobby cat. They're those all free that you can go out and do. I liked that aspect of it, the fact that you could go out and do those things as well. So there's there's you know there's entertainment during the day, there's things to do during the day, but there's also that aspect too. If you want to go out on a snorkeling trip, get aboard one of the free boats and, and go off and do that. That was cool. Let's talk about the sex. I'm going to talk really quickly about, you know, again, other people think that you're going to these resorts, there's going to be sex everywhere, like constant sex, like just people fucking by the, by the pool, right? That's blowjobs. That's your, that's your blow. Oh. Fucking Jesus. Nobody, no, no, no wonder nobody wants a blow. So there is a little grotto, a little playroom area by the, by the hot tub. I saw a few people going in there, not like a huge amount of people, but no, I mean, again, another misconception is that there's going to be this crazy, ridiculous sex happening all around you. Don't get me wrong. There is a sexy environment. You'll see the occasional blowjob. Like I said, the entertainment people were using a strap on. They had butt plugs. They were doing all of that sort of stuff. But it is not something where you're just going to walk in and there's just going to be this crazy kind of sex that's happening all around you. Nor will you be attacked by single men. Another misconception. Thank you very much, Daryl. Yeah. So this is this was a huge misconception. In fact, the only the issues we had while we were there, and it's it, I say issues might not have even been plural. It may have been issue were not single men. They were men, married men or couples. Yeah. The single men who were there, which there were f- there only were, a few. V- there were only a few, were very polite. Yeah. Um, frankly, I think too polite. Uh, probably. Yeah, in some cases, <laughs> they were. Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah, that's a huge misconception. I remember. I remember thinking back yeah, in the day. So again, the desirees out there who are like, "Oh my god, you'll go there and you'll get fucking pounced by single men." Yeah, like men total fucking horseshit. Like roaming in packs yeah, and just yeah. like moving among. No, that's bullshit. Maybe at the beach in fucking Carp Dog. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but the, you know, you go to the beach and get nude in Carp yeah. Dog. Yeah. You've given implicit consent mm-hmm. for a group of men to j- gather around you and jerk off. Yeah, so there was very, very few single men. The ones that were there were super respectful. Can't fold it. I think that that whole misunderstanding and mis- misconception about single men at Hedo is, is total horseshit. Yeah, and let, uh, so let's be very clear about that as well because our listeners understand that we play with single guys, so we, you know, they may have this concept that we're more okay with single men being around it's not there is no single men around like it's not like that it yeah. really isn't yeah. um, in fact for me i would have preferred there were more single men around so we <laughs> actually had somebody to fucking choose from <laughs> honestly you know like uh, th- there was th- th- and we had a single guy in our group a fucking lovely dude um we spent a bit of time with him there and also in new york mm-hmm. after it yep. um but polite lovely educated you know all the right things and and that was the, the level of individual that was there. They mm-hmm. were all exactly very nice people. I wanted to talk, touch on another thing too, another misconception, drugs. So another one that people say... Everyone's off their head fucking constantly. Is, you know, you, you can't walk from the restaurant to the pool without walking through a fucking cloud. I went to New York afterward and there was more fucking smoke in the air there than there was in Jamaica. <laughs> and believe me, I am not actually exaggerating because I was walking down the road with my CEO who lives in New York. Mm-hmm. He lives on Manhattan. Um and he's like, yeah, the, the fucking it's just everywhere. Like the amount of smoke that's here, you just walk through it constantly. And he's absolutely on the money. I mean, there is yeah. more pot smoked in fucking New York or in many places in the US or Canada. Yeah, exactly. So they do have a uh, a new pot shop on site called Hedo Weedo. But this, again, this misconception that basically you're going to go to Hedo and the entire time you're going to smell pot and everyone's going to be off their head. It's just not true. Well, I'm sure if you go with a group that goes there to just get fucking off their head and fuck yep. up, then yes, yes, it's probably true. Probably true, yeah. But, but your average I mean, kind of... But you can go to any resort or any club and have a group of people there who have the same idea, who yep. turn up stoned off their head on fucking ecstasy or, you know, yep. whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just not a... It wasn't a thing. Yeah. Are there drugs there? Yes, there yes. are. Are they overused or constant? No, where we not har- at all. Where we harass to take them all the time? No. I actually feel that it's quite a lot like the, the, the Dutch mentality for drugs in Jamaica. Because, because it's, it's been there. around it's been around forever. It's never really been illegal, you know. So it's it's like the French with fucking wine. Their kids get given wine with watered down wine when they're like six years old, right? So it's not a fucking problem. So nobody nobody craves the drugs or booze or anything else in, mm-hmm. in the yeah, it's all right, I've got four more things I want to cover. So lessons learned and misconceptions. We've already covered a, a ton of misconceptions about this. One of them was the nude versus prude thing. Another thing that I guess you hear about, places around the world are clothing optional with emphasis on optional, whereas at Hedo there are areas where you have to be nude. And I remember being quite terrified of that prospect years ago, not having this choice to be nude. It was not an issue. I didn't find an issue with it. There's plenty of areas where you can be clothing optional if you'd like. Yes, there is one area of the property where you must be nude, but honestly, it was fine. Like I didn't feel forced into it or anything like that. I didn't feel any negative emotions towards it. Well, it kind of takes away your choice, right? So you... you Rip the Band-Aid off if yeah, you're a little bit hesitant. Yeah, it's not really. Yeah, I mean, and typically 
typically we're a little hesitant. Typically we take a few days to warm up to the idea of just walking out nude. Yeah. And when you know you have to be nude at the pool, it just makes it easy. Yeah. It takes away the the concern yeah. about the decision. And I think it's concerned about the decision more than anything else. Yeah. And, and I guess you, you're wondering, am I going to be the odd person out that's nude or whatever? I mean, everybody's nude, so it's fine. Which side would you stay in? I would personally stay in the, the prude side now. It is about $40 roughly, I think, cheaper per night. I'm not fussed. I would probably stay in the, the prude side. I'd stay there just before because it's cheaper. There's no other reason. I mean, the the, the rooms are exactly the same. The rooms are the same. The, di- the the distance is not that much of a problem. I mean, if you've got a group of friends who are all in similar rooms, very close to each other, then that may ch- make the difference. But yeah, it uh, doesn't matter. My costumes are heat dependent. Definitely, I, I you know wear the skimpiest shit you can because yeah. it's fucking hot. Wear even as a guy. Yeah, wear booty booty shorts and a, and a bra. Like just build your whole wardrobe around that. Seven days is too many. I would say for us, it is. One of the lessons learned, I think, for us is that seven days on, on a resort like that is probably too much for us. You're saying us, but you mean me. No, I mean us. I mean, I'm, seven days is a lot. So Yeah, but you were in quite entirely comfortable the whole way through. So I would probably say just, just think about how you're dynamic in your own relationship, how you'd feel about that. Maybe book that. We mentioned Mobay before. Book it if it's going to be super busy, but if you're the first flight in, don't bother because there's nobody in the line. So, you know, make your decision. Would we go back? Daryl, would you go back? Yeah. Yeah, I'd go back. So one of the things being very clear here, so, so whichever all-inclusive resort, whether it's a, a lifestyle resort or not, I don't care. I'm not, I'm not an all-inclusive consistent holiday man. Yeah. I need more. You like a couple of br- a bit of a break. No, it's not a bit of a break. I need more than that. I want to do interesting things. I want to go to new places. I don't wish to return to the same locations time and time again. Yeah. Right? It's not who I am. Yeah. So people wonder why we've been so many places. That's um, why. A lot of it's work, but anytime we get a chance to go somewhere, we're not going back to the same place. Yeah. We go somewhere different. Yeah. Just about every time, unless we find somewhere we really adore, which is I mean, can you name anywhere that you absolutely adore and have to go back? I'd like to go back to Cambodia. Yeah. Phnom Penh was, was yeah, nice. Yeah. But I mean Yeah, I get you. <laughs> so so this is the this is the the core of the problem for me is I, I enjoy the events when I'm there. Yeah. But I hate the fact that it beca- to me it starts to feel like groundhog Repetitive. day. And this is any of the resorts. Yeah. I, I, just being clear, this is not hedo dependent. So this is yeah. very much my personal opinion. Would I go back? I would go back with a caveat. I would go back with a group only. I would never, never, never go to this resort, just us two, honestly. I, no. I just wouldn't do that. No, no, me neither. I would probably go to other places, just us two. But hedonism with how group dependent the resort is and how much it can shift your experience week on week. Yeah, I would be going with a group. Yeah, actually, never, didn't think of that. Desire is significantly more transient, I guess. No, can, um, sim like it's it's unchanging. Oh, I almost, see what you mean. Yeah, right? yeah, like it doesn't. So a group will come in to take over the place, but they don't take over the the poolside events. They don't, they don't change. They don't, it. they don't. It's not. So it's a lot more consistent. That's okay. one of the things about yep. Desire. Yeah, I think uh, the one of the other misconceptions I think that that I that I've heard is. You know that if you you go to Desire to, to just relax around the pool versus Hedo to party, well, I don't think that that's the case at all. I think yeah. they're actually both very similar in that regard. And look, if you if you guys do want us to do a side by side review of the places we've been and the misconceptions, we can do that in an absolutely dedicated episode. But for me, I would go back during a good w- week with a good group and maybe for five days. Um, we did this for Cup Dog. Who would you recommend Hedo for? So in Cup Dog, we kind of said, okay, by our experience, 
it's kind of for these types of people and don't go there if you're this type of person. Who would you recommend Hedo for? Uh, anyone, realistically. I don't think it's age nor shape nor party bound. I think it's it's a very yeah. I think it's a very inclusive location. I, I don't think it matters what sex, race, orientation, ethnicity. It really doesn't seem to matter. And would you recommend it for people that are brand new to the lifestyle, veterans? Like where would you – do you think there is a difference there then? If you're saying it's for everybody, what about someone who's six months in versus six years in? No, I think it's I think it's fine because if you're six months in and you are you go to the nude pool or, or, and you get overwhelmed, you can just turn around and go back to one of the others. Oh, one of the other pools where you might want to like take somebody to like go and have a talk. No, no, and just like- to get away from <laughs> everyone. Yeah, okay. So, you know, there's plenty of places that you can go. And the other thing is, I mean, fuck, you can just leave the resort. I mean, this is crazy, right? The idea that you might step off the resort and mm-hmm. go and have a meal somewhere else. Yeah. You can also do that. I mean, that's that's something you can do. But, yeah, it's, uh, you can do that anywhere, of course. But it's seven days, I think, is probably too long for somebody who's new. Yeah. Depending on how adventurous they are. True. Because it's a lot. It's in your face yep. all, all day. Yep. But – Frankly, again, you can just disappear to one at the yeah. other end of the, the resort and then you're fine. You're mm. away from all of that. So for me, I think the only – I agree with everything you're saying there. The only thing that I would add to that is that I think if you're 33, 35 and under, you might want to really, really make sure, who, like what you said before, Daryl, who's going to be there, which group you're going yeah, but with. I think that's for everyone. There is, you- there is a um, – um, a new type of event that hedonism is actually arranging and it's kind of aimed towards that younger demographic. But I can imagine, like we went to Desire the first time when I was 29 and even back then I was, I think, two decades the youngest person in the pool. I think that the average here I might... You might be exaggerating a little. Well, there was at least one person yeah, in no, the pool you are. who was a fucking dec- uh, within the decade. But I'm saying yeah. like the bell curve average. So, you know, again, it's probably something that I would... Are we talking about the bell curve or the average? Let's be oh, specific. Sh- oh, God, yeah. shut up. Overall rating don't out ma- of... Don't, don't do math wrong. Overall rating out of five, so we can close this podcast out. What would your overall rating out of five be? Uh, I'd give it a four. You give it a four? Yeah. Interesting. Why? It's not normal that I'm actually rating something under... I'd give it a four. I think the resort's fine. The the, the 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 one thing we didn't touch here is the group we went with. Who well, I'm was, not doing that I on know purpose. You're not doing it on purpose. But that fucking that that we've just stated the only way to go to this resort is if you know who's going and to go with a with people that you think you'll be into. Yeah. I mean, there was a, a, everyone. Okay. I was into. Okay. Like everyone. Okay. Well, I'm going to give it two ratings in that case because we're going to on the next episode we're going to talk about our experience and who we were there with and everything that happened. I will give it a four based on our group that was there. If I'm just going to give it. God damn. Just, I mean, If I'm going to give it a rating but, just at face value on the resort, on all of these things that we've discussed, I'd give it a three and a half. Okay. So what would you give Carp then? Because you gave Carp higher than that. Well, Carp had different restaurants that you can go to every night, you know, all of these types of things. It I think, also had a hole in the door. Yeah, it had a hole in the door, which was not great. Uh, but yeah, that, that's kind of that's that's my rating. So if it's with the people that we were there with, it's four. If it's just uh, as a standalone, if you include the people, for me, it was probably a four and a half yeah. to five. Yeah, I mean, it, the, it wouldn't fucking matter where, where we you were are. That's if true. we were with those people. Yeah, we could be in a fucking hovel. Yep. A hobbit hovel. Mm-hmm. But with that group, I'd be happy to look from behind and see them hunched over. If anybody does want us to do a side-by-side uh, kind of comparison review of the pros and cons of each of them, because there are some people out there that are diehard hedonism people, there are people out there that are diehard desirees, and both people that are diehard think the other one is not so great. And we want to 
No, they think it's shit, and they're entitled to that opinion. There are, but we want, I'm going to clear up some of that stuff. So if anyone wants that, email me. Let me know. So now all of that being said, if you are interested in heading to Hedonism Resort, we did mention that we recommend you go with a group and we'd like to kind of give a bit of a shameless plug to our friends because Casual Swinger, Mickey and Mallory of the Casual Swinger podcast are going to Hedonism next year from the 1st to the 8th of April. If you guys are interested in joining them and their guests and attendees, head over to casualswingerweek.com and all the information is there on their website. So that's April 1st to the 8th in 2023. They are heading over. Daryl and I aren't going to be able to join them for this event, but if you're interested in going to Hedonism, we do highly recommend that you actually go with our good friends, Mickey and Mallory. They're longtime Hedonism lovers. They know the resort, they know the local area, and they would be a great group to go with. So if you're interested in that, head over to casualswingerweek.com. No, this is not a sponsored post. We just wanted to give them a shout out because they're our mates. And honestly, if we were going to head back, that's who we would go with. Thanks so much for listening to that review of Hedonism Resort in Jamaica, guys. I really want to give a thank you and a shout out to our newest patrons for November. So big thank you to Joe, Charles, Connor, Nathan, TNA from Ohio, Bobby, Starsky73, and Guillaume. Thank you so much for supporting us over on Patreon. We really, really appreciate all of our patrons and all of the support that you guys offer us month in, month out for producing the podcast. We also had another review this month. So a big thank you also to Smooth ALX. And it says, great podcast. I've been listening to the podcast for quite some time now and always look forward to a new episode. C&D are a great couple. You don't have to be in the lifestyle to appreciate their shows, just not to be closed-minded. So thank you so much to Smooth ALX for leaving us a podcast review. We really, really appreciate it. Well, that has been episode 158, our review of Hedonism Resort in Jamaica. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate you. Next episode, we're going to talk about what we did on site. So stick around for that and see stick, you later. They're sticking around for that, are they? Stick they're around for that. They're just going to hang out at the fucking download thing with their <laughs> finger hovered over the button waiting for a month for that to happen. Yeah, exactly. Maybe don't stick around. Go and have a life. Enjoy, enjoy it. Do something interesting. Come back in a month right, and cool. then download right. the next episode. Have a great November. See you guys next time. Sorry for Kate's ridiculous scale. Bye.